0: Hail and well met, listeners. We hope you enjoyed the first arc of the podcast and are ready for the fun and relaxation of life in the city of splendors when murder isn't on your immediate schedule. Just a heads up, we had to record this episode over the course of several sessions because of scheduling hiccups relating to hurricanes and file corruption and the general mayhem of 2019, so the audio is a little inconsistent from scene to scene, and as a control freak I offer you my deepest shame. Follow the links in the show notes to see how you can contribute to the advancement of civil rights in this nightmare of a timeline, and stay tuned after the episode for some exciting announcements. Now, without further ado, previously on Abandoned Quest
1: a ship? An entire family ship? Do you know how bad that is?
0: Krenz gasps and wanders through his lair, which is now full of his slain comrades. Oof.
2: Tell you what, I'm not going to be betting on these guys anymore.
0: He has like a
1: black mask and tentacly things. This is a mind flayer? Oh, fuck.
3: They
0: dangerous as fuck. The mind flayer looks at you, Zig. Mm. Groomshaw. Bring, bring me, me that,
3: that one too. I am Groomshaw!
0: The blameless. Yeah, arrow. Sweet, I'm gonna bite him. And the wizard goes limp.
1: Does the brain get a turn? Yes. Zay. No, 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 no. (laughs) no.
0: You feel the room closing in around you. Finn, turn. Why don't you
2: come with us?
0: Let's get out of here, boss. Yeah. Yeah. Floon Blagmar's beautiful eyes flutter open. (laughs) Winnie, can you save me?
1: Finally, we should go to the alibi and someone send word
0: <laughs> to Volvo. Never let it be said that Volo reneges on a promise and he holds out a scroll tube. If accepted, will make you the owners of a property called Troll Skull Manor.
1: Yeah, hell yeah. I'm in. I do not have anywhere to sleep anymore <laughs> oh, because <no>. my fucking <laughs> ship was stolen. So that, I guess, would be useful.
0: It is twilight at Equinox Gardens. Sunlight colors the sky, but because of the clever layout of your property, the harmful rays of the sun won't reach you, Raiden, or the vine-thatched pergola in which you're hosting brunch for several hours. Finding Rainier, infiltrating the Xanathar, returning Floon, these things took time, and now you have but a short while before the Dock War District Captain Houston Staggit arrives for brunch you will need to make things presentable. Get your staff to work on brunch. Get through brunch without accidentally dooming all your friends to prison. <laughs> How do you want to get started? What does brunch look like? Gravensby! Hello, sir! I trust you have
2: uh, made all of the necessary preparations for our planned brunch uh, this, uh, this morning. It's very important.
0: Yes, sire. I have slaughtered our largest animals and hidden the corpses from plain sight. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well done, as always, Cravensby. Uh, and I trust you have contacted uh, the people uh, on the list that I sent you, including uh, my uh, professional witnesses and the medical professional who was helping my young ward with her dragon sickness. Who else have you invited to this brunch?
0: Well... There is, of course, the dockward captain Eustace Stargate. Then you also had an invitation sent to his superior officer. I have not yet received a reply from him.
2: And what of our uh, what of our guest, uh, Bogostavo? Has he uh, indicated that he will be uh, cooperative, or should we be uh, making sure he is bound and gagged in a
0: basement somewhere? He did not respond to me, sire. Perhaps if you spoke to him yourself. Blast and drat. All right, I will do that. Make
2: sure that the uh, mimosas are bubbly and um, the bacon crispy and um, other breakfast things off the top of my head. How does that sound? Perfect, sire. Nothing by beetle. And he winks. (laughs) Yes, of course. By beetle, indeed. Okay, I will go and see to Bogstava and see if he seems cooperative. Otherwise, I will bind and gag him. Oh
0: my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you uh, you make your way through your own vineyard. You know the way. Where where are you storing Bogatsavo? Uh,
2: well, um, I, the original arrangement was that he would have all of the finest things, but then, uh, my young ward indicated that perhaps he should have some not so fine things. So, this is
3: a
0: joke. You're not here. <laughs> let, let,
2: let's say he's being kept in like uh, the middlest. Uh, accommodations that we have, so like not like super nice, but like not terrible. He's
1: in the two star hotel. Yeah, he's in a motel six.
2: <laughs> he's in the second guest house, the one, the one that sucks a little bit more.
0: The one that only had roaches once. Okay, so you go to the extension you built on your kitchen that you never super followed through on, but <laughs> unlock the door and and go in, and you see, uh, Bugazzavo. the The room is okay. It's moderately furnished. The, the, the big throne from your spoils pile that Gravensby had originally wanted to tie up Bogustavo in is in the room. And uh, he does have an anklet connected to the leg of the chair, which is nailed down. And he is staring out the window. Hello,
2: uh, my guest Bogustavo. How are you? How are you finding the accommodations? I trust you are being treated well. It is an... Upgrade from the cargo hold, certainly. Ah, uh, good, good. Yes, you are moving up in the world. Well, if you would like to move up a little bit further in the world, maybe, uh, enhance your status here in Waterdeep and, uh, you know, maybe ingratiate your host a little bit, uh... Perhaps you would like to, um, join me for some refreshments, uh, trusting that you can, um, behave yourself, uh, around company? Behave myself,
3: yes, of course, Brayden. You
0: have been such a generous host and patron to my family. Has my sister survived the night? Oh, yes,
2: I forgot I haven't brought you up to speed. Yes, well, we, uh... We accomplished our mission. We found that guy we were looking for. How far back um, do I need to go? I forget where we left off with you. You knew we were looking for a dude, yeah? Um,
0: yes. I was, um... I was uh, escorted into custody before the most of your adventure began, but I subscribed to the podcast. I'm pretty caught up, though. <laughs> we don't have to go through the whole thing, of course, but uh, how is my ship?
2: Oh, um... That is something you will definitely need to talk to my young ward about. She handles all the ship stuff. It's not really uh, really high on my <laughs> priority list, personally. So um, why don't we leave that for you two to talk about? I will talk about non-ship stuff. Like how maybe um, uh, my young ward, maybe we got into a little bit of a scuffle with the police. And <laughs> they think that she assaulted an officer. And I need your help to make them see that she is, you know, on the up and up. Uh, <laughs> it was totally her idea. She
0: assaulted an off. <sighs> it was more of like a sneeze. Did she try the sneeze thing again? It was again? the sneeze thing. She always thought that would work. Yes. Always tried it in school. I kept <laughs> All right. <laughs> I know from personal circumstance, the situation is quite dire. I will. I will assist you in redeeming my family's name.
2: Great, so we'll do that and, um, let's say if you do a good job then we won't need to do that thing with the, um, tying you to a chair anymore and, um, you can just kinda, like, wander around, enjoy this cool vineyard that I have. Does that sound good?
3: Perhaps.
0: Yes, perhaps. Why don't you make a persuasion check just to nail this all down? <laughs>
1: uh, sure. Alright, cause we're playing d <laughs> Yeah.
2: Uh, hey, it was a twenty-one
0: nice I would I'll be right out
2: great um let me just undo the thing and you're okay all right yes no that's good okay all right Ah.
3: Uh, oh uh, feels good to breathe again
2: <laughs> yeah sure you breathe through your ankles why not <laughs> <laughs> all right well I'll see you for uh, breakfast let's say it's probably in uh, about half an hour okay get yourself all freshened up there should be some nice clothes in the closet
0: The light drizzle of the previous evening has become a storm. Those near enough and daring have begun seeking shelter within the warm walls of the alibi. That's why you always love a storm, Zig. The chill of wet clothing worn too long, the frustration of a date delayed or cancelled, the slip and fall of wet shoes on your granite floor. All pain is for Leviatar. What do you do upon returning to your club?
4: Uh, the only thing that I'm thinking that I, that Zig would do would be definitely download, though Lass and Melifor mm. on what happened, just so they're on the lookout and sure. that they know we're now they're gonna be looking at us with a bit more scrutiny mm-hmm. for a bit at least.
0: Right. Do you wanna have? Do you wanna do this in a meeting or do you signal them? Signal. Okay. <laughs> so they get caught up.
4: Yeah, I I don't know what utility there is in role-playing every, like, that conversation three times. Yeah, no, you're fine. But uh, besides that, get changed. Mm-hmm. And decompress. Mm-hmm.
1: Blitz is depressed as fuck. She's
0: gonna go drink away her
1: sorrow <laughs> <Okay>. because <laughs> okay. her ship was just right, taken. so I got,
0: I got it, I got <laughs> okay, it. No, okay, no, okay. I got it, Okay, so you, uh... So you sort of avoid the crowd, and then the of the main stage, you know, you have your popular singers up there, that green tiefling and that one sad orc is is again wailing away up there. You you go over to Onger's sort of sidebar, which is built up into the wall, and it's a long slab of wood that looks like it's just a slice cut out directly from a tree. At the end of the bar you see Blitz. Just completely hunched over, <laughs> um, bleeding on the bar. But um, Unger is looking at her out of the corner of her eye. What will it be, boss? Um,
4: Zig stares for a moment longer, it sort of shakes their head a bit, and they just go, Something strong, please.
0: And whatever the lady needs. Unger sizes up Blitz to determine what exactly she needs and pulls out two big jars from behind her bar and reaches her fist into one of them and grabs a bunch of blue fruit that are like half banana looking and she starts squeezing them into an empty jar and quietly looks down and makes the drinks for you guys.
1: I love hunger. Blitz is just very sad, looking down all mopey.
4: I took the liberty of ordering you a drink, Blitz. Thank you. How are you doing? I don't know what I'm going to tell my family.
1: Oh. They're going to kill me. I mean... No, like, really, they're going to kill me. This is a very important <laughs> ship for the family. <laughs> it's not just like I get yelled at here. There must be a way
4: to get it back. Do you have, like, a lo- like something on it we could locate? Like, with a spell?
1: I don't know. Do you know a spell to locate something like that? I
4: mean, I assume there's a bunch of mag... We live in a world of magic, so... I'm sure we can buy a locator spell somewhere. Am I making this up?
3: No, I've heard of people seeking things from far away. Perhaps if you had a thing of the
0: same material that was on your vessel. Onger says as she grabs one of the jars, slams uh, a, a large flat sort of wooden spike over the top and shakes it violently. Blitz like thinks for a second and then looks down
1: at her armor. It's like, oh, I got lots of Ivanoset's gold. On this ship, and on me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that could certainly work. Uh, Unger slides uh, two very large wooden cups towards you guys, and a little bit of glowing blue liquid splashes out.
1: Um, without thinking about it too much, Blitz is just going to down it, and then stand up, and then slam her hands on the table, <laughs> and be like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> we got the plan.
4: Zega <laughs> will take a sip.
0: Of the drink. I'm going to need both of you to roll Constitution saving. Cards. Yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. That adds
4: up. Zig roll the 16.
0: It's a, <laughs> it's a three. Did you just oh roll that name. five pound dice? Yeah, I did. That was very
4: appropriate to the amount we drank. Yes.
0: Uh, so- something about the way that this drink hits both of your tongues is uh, different. Uh, you have probably not had a lot of fruit in your life as <laughs> mm, a dragon, no. and you've become quickly seduced by uh, the sweet earth meat that is, that is shoved <laughs> into this drink, and you, uh, you down one, and then uh, feeling better, a feeling you would love to increase, you have another, until eventually reaching over the bar and grabbing the <laughs> jar that um, Unger was mixing in, which is a lot of dregs, but you're a dragon, and that's totally fine for you, as you sort of slop down the pulp left of this cocktail. And Onger is, uh, impressed, it <laughs> seems like. But silently so. It's rude to comment on somebody's drinking.
4: Yes, my staff is very well trained. This is very delicious. Well, I'm glad you approve. Oh yeah, I'm feeling much better. Good, good, good,
0: good. You notice that Onger's eye is trained towards the door, and she sees that some city watch are gathered at the entrance and seem to be speaking to Lazarus. And Onger looks back towards using it sort of gives you a look like, I'll handle this, but maybe get out of here for a little bit. Can
1: I do a perception check to see if I know it? Yes, you can. Please fail. Oh. 19 for the first no, one. Disadvantage. No, with disadvantage. 2. Because I had drunk. 2. Seven. 7 with whatever my perception
0: is. 7. Why do you have a thousand temporary hit points on your character sheet? No, I don't. You're, You're lying. T- <laughs> 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 Blitz, this drink has
3: emboldened you.
0: And you look around the room looking for whatever your next slice of adventure is. And you feel as though you have a thousand temporary hit points. You feel so good. (laughs) But luckily, the signal of uh, of Zigstaff is faster than your inebriated mind. And it's almost as though you lose a moment as you suddenly realize that Zig is leading you up the stairs uh, towards your quarters, and you see a golden doorframe that has the A of Aviano sets recently drilled into it. You're welcome. You walk in, and you open the door, and inside, you see a massive, round room, almost like uh, a... <laughs> This doesn't exist, but Versailles of us. That, that one Versailles room yeah, in the Met where,
3: it <laughs> where it's, uh,
0: it's gold all along the walls. And in the gold is etched different stories from the Avianoset's history of them establishing trade routes and swashbuckling bugbears out of their fortunes, the enslavement of kobolds. And in the very center of the room is a large round bed. Uh, that that almost looks like one giant golden coin. It looks like gold, but it's actually like steps that kind of lead up to your bed, but sort of in the random round stacking, as though it were a pile of coins. It's very cool. It's probably all fake gold, but you know, to you, it's it looks and smells enough to be the real thing. There.
1: Is this the first time I'm seeing it? Let's say it's the first time you've seen it. I followed
4: your very specific design instructions with. From what I'm seeing here, is just gold written 7,000 times?
1: is my aesthetic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she just like looks around like wow, wow. Oh, look at this. Oh my god. Just like pointed like randomly different things in the room and then probably gets a little dizzy from spinning around looking at everything and falls onto the bed and is just like laying there like
0: as uh, great. <laughs> uh, as as you collapse back onto your bed, Tho walks into the room with uh, sort of like a stressed out expression. No way. Yeah, that you're very used to seeing on her, and she's got her big oaken leather clipboard in one hand. So her, very much her aesthetic. Z- yes, a cartoon of Tho walks in. And she- <laughs> Uh, I'm happy to report that we are just doing gangbusters this evening, Zig. Uh, All of our rooms are sold out. Every seat in the house is taken up. People are loving the show going downstairs. I told you tieflings could sing. Uh,
4: though, I don't think you've ever heard Lazarus sing for a reason, but I'll take your word for it.
0: Oh, you're right. We'd better schedule an employee karaoke night (laughs)
4: uh, in a week or two. (laughs) (laughs) So you're pissed out. That's yeah. what I'm getting from that sound effect. <laughs>
0: Sleepover! over. <laughs> don't you need to worry about her.
4: Sig is going to uh, take a, a moment to make sure she's really asleep. <laughs> uh, she's just catnapping. She'll yeah. be up for. She'll be up in a minute. Other things later. Um, well, they're definitely rash, which I'm concerned about. But hopefully, soon enough, we won't be staying at the alibi, so we'll be fine.
0: Um, onger told me that she overheard that she doesn't have a ship anymore?
4: Yes, that's going to be something
0: I'm going to be looking into with her. Well, I don't mean to overstep my bounds or anything like that, but, um... When
4: has that ever stopped you before, though?
0: That's a good Honestly. point. Alright. <laughs> uh, rude. But, um... <laughs> why do we need her anymore? It seems like she's a loose cannon that doesn't really bring anything to the table here. She brings plenty of gold, which we're
4: going to need. Where is she keeping
0: that gold, exactly? Well,
4: if we have a chance of recovering it, I think it's worth a shot. Alright, if you say so. Yes, and I think you've overstepped enough for tonight,
0: though. As you like it. She, uh, bows and backs out of the room. Misra, you've just returned from your first mission slash social interaction in Waterdeep and now find yourself in this super fancy bar. How does how does Misra feeling about her previous evening?
5: So Misra, I'm basically thinking, what the fuck have I gotten myself into? Who are these people? Why am I doing this? Why am I kind of enjoying it? Mm. And it's definitely not the normal group of characters I'm used to hanging out with considering I hang out alone. Sure. But um, there's something that kind of wants you to, to stick around and learn a little bit more, do a little bit of digging and, and figuring out what makes them them.
0: So you're now in the Alibi. Is there anything that you want to get going here? You've got the night off.
5: I do want to rest up a little bit, but I also think Miser would be very curious as to what's going on in the rest of the Alibi. Um, so I think she's going to actually take some time and wander a little bit, like kind of keep it low key. Um, Drink a few drinks on the side, like try and heal up a little bit. Maybe make some light conversation with Floon in the butt that will not quit.
0: (laughs) You find that the bottom floor is very open for exploration and sort of there to hook you in and get you a little drunk. The room itself is, is, is very purple, as I've been told, like lots of purple curtains, dark furniture, lacquered wood, sort of an offbeat luxury vibe in here. And everybody has that sheen of I've just been rained on about
5: them. (laughs) I love that.
0: Behind the bar, you see there's a very tall, broad, pale woman. And as it happens, you also see the cultist who you've recently rescued, Krentz, who's wearing an apron and standing next to the broad, tall woman. Is he a barback now? He seems like he's (laughs) a barback, yeah. Like he's trying to kind of pick up how to make cocktails, but she seems to be like, Grabbing handfuls of fruit and squeezing them, and he's like, like stress balling an orange in his <laughs> hand. You know, it's it's not peeled or anything. Do I recognize her? Uh, no, you don't recognize her. She's very large, like two feet taller than you, and she's got white hair shaved at the sides and braided very complicatedly around her head. And they glance up as you approach, and she sort of elbows him, and he stumbles a solid foot and gets gets sort of rights himself.
3: Welcome to the boy. Uh, my name's Krentz. Can I get you a baby? And he winks at you.
5: Ah, Krentz. First day on the job, I see. I will have top shelf liquor on the rocks, please.
0: Yeah, top shelf. And he looks and he sees that the shelves seem to have been built for this giant woman. (laughs) (laughs) The top top shelf is a lot higher than he expected. Uh, And he turns and smiles at you and says... Just, I'll just be him a moment. Mm -hmm. And he tries to play off casually, climbing up onto the bar (laughs) behind
5: him. Cool. Um, I'm going to just, like, give her a bar nod, as patrons (laughs) do, trying to beckon her over to get a drink.
0: She returns your nod and walks over. You look like death.
5: Yeah, pretty much feel like that as well.
0: I saw you come in with Zig. Are you acquainted?
5: We are, just recently- we, uh, we're working together currently. N- not here, but on, on other, uh, projects.
0: Hmm. A small bird flitters into the room and lands on the woman's shoulder. It has a long, thick beak and a sharp aqua mohawk. It chirps something in her ear that makes her smile, and she raises
3: an eyebrow at you. What's your name?
5: Uh, Misra. Uh, Misra Tistan.
3: Unger. And she gives you a nod. Your name is on the lips of the city watch tonight. Trying to cultivate a reputation?
5: Not trying to do much, but unfortunately, these things have a way of following me. She's kind of gestures down her whole body like I'm a drow. It kind of follows me.
0: Tell you what, you start the fight, I'll get you drinks ready.
5: <laughs> awesome.
0: You've got a little bit of time before you need to go take a long rest. Is there anything that you want to do here?
5: Ooh, I want to know, who's the outsider here? I want to go check out, because I know what the alibi is about. I... Can see and smell and figure out the general vibe of the alibi here. Mm-hmm. But is there someone who doesn't belong? Is there something that's what's what's more than meets the eye there?
0: You wanna do the ranger thing. Oh yeah. But instead <laughs> of a forest, it's this fantasy nightclub. Yes. Okay, great. Uh well, since you are an urban explorer, can you make a perception check with advantage for me?
5: I can do that. Okay. That was a 25, so that was a nat 20.
0: Oh, Dunk.
3: Okay, (laughs) great.
0: Well, immediately you get the vibe that a lot of the people here are people who don't want to be seen. There's some higher up looking people, like not quite nobles, but people with reputations maybe. There's also people who would like to court people with reputations here, either romantically or financially. And you see that there's a crowd of people gathered around uh, one person in the center, who in theory should be the most outsider here, but seems to be fitting right in, and that is Floon. He's standing on a stool and like kind of holding court gesticulating and telling a story, and people are ooing and aahing. Even some of the staff members are getting in on it. They, even they're getting distracted by him. You're a little out of earshot in this loud club to actually hear what his story is, but he's sort of drawing his hands back like he's making a bow motion and sort of swinging his hands around like he's holding a sword. And so you see him, and then with a 25, you also see a uh, tall elven woman in the corner who's looking very stressed out and constantly pulling a smooth stone up to her mouth and, and speaking into it. But what whatever she's saying doesn't seem to be going her way.
5: I want to go over to, uh, I really want to check out this elven woman, but I also kind of want to mess with Floon a little bit. And as he's telling the story of like what's going on and reenacting this this giant um story i i kind of want to mimic him like behind him a little bit (laughs) Um, and so like while he is pulling out an arrow i actually want to like Draw my bow and arrow.
3: Oh my um, god! <laughs>
5: and I'm not <laughs> yeah. gonna actually shoot it, but just like for dramatic effect, like mm-hmm. it, it's it's like the like a cartoon where there's someone in the front like acting something out, and then behind yeah. them the whole scene starts to like play behind them where you see like the actual hero and they're drawing the sword. So I want Miser's just gonna like fuck with him just a little bit just to yeah. cause it's
0: flu and like
5: yeah, yeah, he shouldn't course. be fitting in this well what
0: right does he have
5: right um so she's gonna start to act out stuff behind him just to just to mess with him a little bit um and maybe put him on edge to kind of knock him down a peg so would that be intimidation maybe I guess
0: no, it would not be, because first you are doing the wild thing, of pulling out and arming your bow in this nightclub. So you are going to have to sell this with a performance check. Okay.
5: alrighty. righty.
0: I got a 23. I got another nat 20. Thank God. Yes, you, uh, you, I assume, get up on his height. So maybe you hop up on... The back of one of these sofas, or something. Let's say, let's say to really sell it, you also kind of mimic his movements, so oh, yes. it's very clear what you're doing. <laughs> Some people in the crowd uh, look at you, and at first they're like, "Oh no, who who is coming to slay this adventurer who's regaling us with this story?" Uh, <laughs> but then. Uh, Your performance comes through and people, not point, but they like clap along and it just seems to be uh, like maybe you're the truth of what happened or something. Everybody's interpreting (laughs) it differently, you know?
5: I love it. So once I see the crowd getting all boisterous, I want to go maybe give, maybe give Fluid one of those like little like intimidating what come at me like things like
0: Knock it off. Sure. Well, so far, Floon hasn't, Floon hasn't noticed you. Do you want to like, get his <laughs> attention?
5: <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, if he's doing, so uh, it within his story, if there is some kind of dramatic moment where he is pretending to gesture with a sword and, and knock someone backwards.
0: Well, you are, I guess at this point, you're close enough to hear his story, probably. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, so you hear him say, um, and that's when this uh, squiddly fella comes up and says, You four lot of brigandy heroes got a lot of guff, but if you think you're guff enough to tough, meet my minion, Grumbles the Famous, and this biggity orc drops from the ceiling, hands on fire, and I'm thinking, this is it.
5: That's amazing. I want to drop in front of him. Maybe jump over Floon onto Mm -hmm. the other side of him, Uh, and I want to, like, tickle him a little bit with my cape. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, he thinks he's being attacked by this tentacly-type monster, um, Uh just to kind of really put him in, like, the, oh, my God, it's back.
0: Okay, I like it. Uh, Give me an uh, acrobatics check, or athletics, if that's better for you. All right, let's do acrobatics is better.
5: That's an eight. (laughs) So not great.
0: (laughs) Okay, so you attempt this daring maneuver. And you get the first part off without a hitch. You definitely do this big jump. But as the cape <laughs> kind of goes over onto Floon, you sort of, it—it it, it's kind of still wet from the rain, and it's a little heavier than you expected. So you just pull Floon anime style right down onto the ground with you. And uh, I will let you determine which of you is on top, but you guys are anime prone on the ground in front of all these people. <laughs>
5: For comedic effect, I'm going to say Floon.
0: So the whole bar kind of slow claps, you know? (laughs) They're like, cool, it's surprising. (laughs) Misra?
5: So Misra just shoves Floon aside. She stands up, she grabs the end of her cape, flicks it to try to get the extra water off. (laughs) Great. And then just beelines towards the elven woman
0: in the corner. She's given up at this point. She's (laughs) like, oh, whoops. Floon uh, pops up and... Sort of shakes himself off and still doesn't seem to super know what happened, um, but is (laughs) is definitely taken down a peg as he uh, tries to get back into character. Then
5: my work is
0: done. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And you approach an elven woman in the corner who is staring at you, kind of slack jawed at what's just happened. She's like tall and slender. She's got like short, sharp ears her hair is a vibrant pink and her bangs slice dramatically over her prim features on her face. Her look is kind of countercultural, but you can immediately tell that she comes from money. And she stares at you and cocks her head. Is there something I can help you with?
5: Uh, Mizra just points to her hands. What you got there?
0: I've Oh, uh, you must not have these underground. This is a sending stone. It's so people can communicate with each other. From far away, like friends and acquaintances. Hmm. I imagine that might be a foreign concept to you. You are you are very correct in that assumption. So you you are employed here. I I am yes. Um, I'm a I'm a bit busy at the moment. What's your name? Uh, uh Tistin. Oh, you're Tistin? Zig didn't tell me you were from out of town. Um, <laughs> my name is Though. I run a lot of the operations here, and we're meeting now for the first time. <laughs> she looks at her clipboard and sort of like frowns and she says, Tistin, um, where are you staying?
5: I. D- here tonight, I ass- assume. I-, I don't really, um, have, uh, a dedicated space. I mean maybe with the the dude that hired me um as like his bodyguard maybe, but like it's a little creepy. It's it's a mansion, it's out of the way. It's raining um here tonight, I guess. Tonight or ever uh here. I'm I'm staying here tonight.
0: Um we had a really really booked up night, but with the storm outside, so we don't actually have a room for you. Would it be all right if you crashed with your friend? Which friend? Hello? <laughs> that'll be fine
1: thank you though you need to come to the bar (laughs) i've been waiting for you i have all these shots lined up Misa. all right blitz what you got for me well this one's green i don't know what's in it but it was really good and this one it has like it's like floating it's on stacked. it's red on top i don't know it didn't taste great but i felt really good after i drank it here try this one first
5: just to appease Blitz, she just downs it all in one. Uh, it's a shot, so yeah, she just takes the shot. Oh. not great. Yeah, make not. a
0: Constitution <laughs> saving throw.
5: Oh God, good. Uh, that's a crit and fail. We had a
1: great night.
0: Oh boy. <laughs>
1: Or, in other words, a critical success. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, you guys get very drunk. Um. This quickly becomes a
5: teenage movie montage where they have no idea what happened the next. It's like the hangover and they oh, wake, wake up. we wake up with
1: tattoos is what we're Mieser waking up with. has more tattoos. Yeah. We yeah, are 100% waking yes. up with tattoos. Can we get those cool uh, tattoos that you were talking yeah, about let's, earlier? Yeah, let's go to the tattoo shop. <laughs> we're,
0: we're going to the, t- the tattoo shop. <laughs> are you going to try to find the... Well, also, you don't know about the tattoo shop. Oh.
5: oh.
2: I mean, you probably know that tattoo shops are a thing. You could probably go stumble yeah. and try we're, to find one. Right? Yeah, can we stumble? Yeah,
0: can we can. wander through the town? Uh, Yeah, you totally can. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, so you... Well, okay, you get to the you get to the entrance of the alibi, and you look out, and you see that it is still storming pretty hard. But, uh, a couple people are sort of, like, putting their coats up over their heads and braving the wilderness and heading out into it. Um. Well,
1: maybe we could find someone who, uh, uh, has uh, magic who can walk with us and uh, protect us from the water. Hello, can, does anybody have umbrella magic? We gotta we we gotta
5: we gotta know somebody that, that can that can help us out
1: here, right? I mean this is a
5: we are two attractive yeah, people. Are. Yeah, we, can, we are we're we're in a club. We are here, we can find someone to aid us. She does a very horrible wink at that point.
1: Is there anybody around us that we can uh. go try and convince to help us?
0: <laughs> well, you do, you do see that uh, Unger is there, and she has a large sleeve of blue tattoos. Yes, I walk over to Unger very drunkenly.
5: Ung- Unger, Unger, it's it's me. It's it's Mizra from from earlier, you remember. Uh, l- nice f- first of all, first of all. Cool fucking bird. I mean, <laughs> yes. I want to get. I want to get a bird. Like, and and just the way you you crushed that fruit earlier. That was. Oh, I've never seen anything like that before. Um. Oh wait, I. Your arm. I. I. How do I get? She just literally just starts like tracing Unger's tattoos. <laughs> how do I get one?
1: What stumbles over that? That's what we're going for. Yes.
0: Unger Unger sort of flexes her arm. <laughs> M- Mizra visibly flushes. She's like, oh. You want muscles? That's what you're saying? No,
1: no, no. the, the drawing.
0: Oh, you want tattoos. Yeah. I will also take the muscles.
1: <laughs> she wants the muscles, too. I mainly want the drawing, though.
0: Unger gives you guys a big smile and uh, a gestures for you to follow her. And she swipes that metal spike that she was using to mix drinks out of her, out of the cocktail glass and, and, uh, licks, it sort of, like, puts it in her mouth and just, like, cleans it real quick. I can do tattoos. Little, little tattoos. I'm on break.
1: Oh, perfect. Okay. M- <gasps> Misero. You're gonna do it, Flora? What are we gonna get? Uh, okay. So we, we killed a troll. You wanna get troll? No. That's, no. I
5: want, we we want, we
0: want Tentacles?
1: Tentacles? All right, we want tentacles.
0: You want tentacles? Yeah. Is that small enough? Unger pats you on the head. Uh, She pulls over a squat little lounge table and and pats it for you to sit down and then sits down herself. And uh, she pulls a bottle of ink from behind the bar that you think is mostly used for receipts, uh, judging by where it was kept. And she she (laughs) dips the spike into the ink and proceeds to give you both little tentacle... Anklet tattoos. Oh, Oh, that's adorable. They like wrap around your ankle a little bit.
1: This could have gone so much worse.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They're rough, but they're like stylistically rough, you know? Cool. I love it. I think it's time for the two of you to get to bed. Are you coming
1: with us? Is this
0: an invitation? (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't possibly take advantage.
5: It's not, it's not. Okay,
0: night She She bows and makes her exit back to her chores. Mizra yells after her, tomorrow then. Tomorrow is
3: another day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh, are you? So, you guys have the option to go to bed now or not?
1: I mean, maybe we eat some food and then go to bed. <laughs> I'm going based on what I do when I'm drunk. Yeah, does the
0: alibi serve mozzarella sticks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they sure do. So, the two of you get uh, a bunch of fried. Um, mozzarella wands and take them back to... Of all the
1: words in mozzarella sticks that you thought could not be in D&D, you're saying sticks is the one that has to be changed.
0: Y'all got cheese, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Fantasy cheese. You're right, you're right, you're right. It's not really mozzarella, unless it's from the Mozzarella Islands off Luskin. (laughs) But uh, but yes, you guys, you guys go back to your golden room with your mozzarella sticks and your new tattoos yeah. and you sort of settle down for the evening uh, in what I could only assume are matching gold pajamas. Yes,
5: yes, yes. This gold looks great on my skin.
1: It looks great on everybody's skin. It's the g- best color. I love it. And she just like snuggles into like the gold comforter. <laughs> <laughs>
5: I don't, I don't technically have to sleep, right? Because I'm an elf.
3: Yeah, we're about to get into that. Don't you worry.
5: Oh <laughs> yeah.
0: Zig, you take a moment to gather yourself in Blitz's room. You've had a long night, but you're the owner of this club, and it isn't over yet. You feel a strange tugging on your thoughts, and you look down to see Blitz's new pet, the intellect devourer, Charles Vane. With surprising strength, it hops up onto Blitz's vanity and stares directly at you. It doesn't have eyes, of course. It is a brain. But I'm going to say I can tell. Yeah. It's like a brain with muscular feline legs and a small wispy tail. Mm -hmm. Uh, No fur, of course. Naturally. but uh, it's staring at you.
4: Cool, I'm staring back. Hi, buddy.
3: <laughs>
4: can I tell? Can I do a uh, perception for like be able to determine its demeanor? Is it curious about me? Is it not? Uh
0: You can make an animal handling check. Ooh,
4: if you'd like. I like that. Yes, I'm gonna try and pet it since it's animal handling. That is 11 plus 2,
0: 13. 13. You reach out and pet Charles Bain, mm-hmm. and it is a strange sensation because you are, your hand is- Touching a brain. Touching what is a brain. It appears to be a brain. What you What you assume is literally a brain. So it's
4: smooth, but not slimy?
0: It's not slimy. Yeah. No. And you almost feel like there is a spine between the lobes sort of like supporting the skeletal structure that oh, might love exist it. within it. Okay, okay, um, okay. And it uh it sort of curls up on the counter and like lets you touch it.
4: Okay. This interaction is sort of a very much welcome relief mm-hmm. and like they're getting into it like this interaction of like playing with this cu- cute I think it's cute mm-hmm. thing and sort of like, "Oh, you seem
0: you seem to enjoy
4: this. Are you hungry? Do you eat
0: fantasy bacon? <laughs> you scoop up Charles Vane, and so not to disturb Blitz's slumber, you head out of the room. You head downstairs and catch a glimpse of Misra, causing some commotion, but before you can investigate, you notice the door to the dungeon has been left open.
4: Why do I pay these people? <laughs> yes, why do you pay these people? Um, with, the, with Charles Vane in hand, they're going to immediately head for the door. Uh, help me figure this out. Is this door important enough that someone should
0: be guarding it? Or is it just... It's more that the way the way that the alibi is designed is yeah. most people wouldn't even notice
4: it. Yeah, uh. I assume it's got like an... You can't open it unless it's okay for you to open.
0: Yeah, Melifor is an artificer. Melifor is yeah. one of the big reasons that your doors operate the way that they do. Oh,
4: we we establish that they have special like ways you turn
0: the handle, right? So this is unusual. And so you take a step inside and close yeah. the door behind you, and you hear that complicated latch mechanism fall back into place. Okay. Uh, and as you head down, uh, you do not see Melifor, which is not unusual, um, but you do see someone hunched over sitting on one of the uh, corpse tables that is unoccupied.
4: Do I recognize them or recognize them
0: as someone that I don't know? Uh, roll a, uh, investigation check or it's dark. So why don't you roll a perception check?
4: Perception. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, okay. 19.
0: 19. <laughs>
4: Plus four. 23. 23. <laughs> All right.
0: Uh, so though you are not incredibly familiar with this person, um, they are someone who you have recently interacted with. They are wearing a, a long, torn black coat with sort of a flame pattern towards the bottom and the sleeves torn off. Uh, on their exposed shoulders, you can see tattoos of eyeballs. And you realize that this is uh, Krentz, the Xanathar Guildy. Krentz! <laughs>
3: and he uh,
0: he looks over his shoulder and you can see there are
3: uh, tears in his eyes. Oh, uh, what's your name again?
4: Zig, are you all right?
3: Zig, oh yeah, I'm fine. And uh, he stands up and uh, rubs his eyes. I was just uh, uh, looking around, seeing if there was anywhere to lie down. It's been a long night. Oh, oh, I see you uh taking care of Charles there, huh? Warming up. That's great. That's so great. <laughs> anyway, I'm just gonna, uh, I'm just gonna go see if the uh, fluence got. I smellin' bacon. And he, um, tries to, uh,
0: make his way past you and head up the
3: stairs.
4: Before, Zig's going to not let him quite. How, how did you get down here, Krent? Before you go.
3: Oh, I, uh, door was open. Just decided to slip right in.
4: Naturally. Can I, uh, see if he's telling the truth? I assume
3: he Yeah, roll an inside check.
4: Twelve plus four is Sixteen.
0: He is very shifty when he's speaking to you. Mm-hmm. And you can see that there is a leather roll with a belt buckle on the front. That would be the perfect size to hide a set of thieves tools on his belt.
4: Cool. All right. Hold mm-hmm. on. Let me think. Wait mm-hmm. a second. All right, friend. Uh, there's breakfast in the kitchen. Enjoy.
3: Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, of course. Yes.
4: And close the door behind you.
3: I will. Goodbye. <laughs> he just, uh, rushes he
0: uh, rushes up towards the top of the stairs. Uh, and you hear a rattling as he seems unable to open the door, mm. regular style. Okay. And he is now rattling, panicked at the top of the staircase that you are at the bottom of.
4: Oh, cool. All right. I assume Lass is up there. Is that
0: safe enough? Uh, the way that the alibi works is Laz could very quickly be anywhere.
4: Okay, I, I'm, I'm going to be like, let him out.
0: <laughs> okay, so. Uh,
4: let him out and, like, make sure he wasn't the one that got in here. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, just maybe.
0: Uh, so Lazarus opens the door at the top of the stairs, and you hear a, oh. uh, a stumble and a crash. Uh, How's Charles Vane in all this? She seems very concerned about the room that you're in.
3: Really? Which
0: she's never seen before. Oh. Or perceived, I should say. Okay. And you hear uh, Lazarus call down.
3: Everything okay down
0: there? So far. All right. You want me to leave this open? No. Okay. (laughs) He closes the door and you hear the the locking mechanism uh, shift back in.
4: Okay, okay, okay. Uh, I'm going to uh, put uh, Charles Vane down on one of the... Empty, I assume. Mm
3: -hmm.
4: More tables and watch. Okay, buddy. Anyone that shouldn't
0: be here, maybe? What do you think? You see Charles Vane stare at the fresh orc that Melifor has just brought in. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's wearing sort of like a bandit's armor. Mm -hmm. Um, He looks like he might have been someone caught up in a brawl just on the street. You do notice that he has a roughly done uh, Zentarim tattoo Mm -hmm. on his forearm. Mm -hmm. And uh, Melifor has opened his chest and has poked around a little bit. Mm -hmm. And Charles seems intent to stare at it.
4: Okay. Can I do an investigation check on this orc? See if I can somehow discern what's so interesting about it. Make a medicine check. 17 plus 4.
0: Most of this looks like a typical autopsy and you almost missed it with the way that the hair is braided so thickly and the tattoos up around his forehead. But you notice evenly spaced circular cuts around the scalp of this orc.
4: Ooh, interesting. Yeah, let's pull back. I assume the, pull the hair off?
0: You pull the hair off Mm -hmm. and you are correct. The uh, small bit of medical adhesive comes loose and the top of the skull sort of falls off.
4: Oh, it's been slot open.
0: Yes. And inside there is brain. Mm -hmm. but it has been scooped several times, and you see only the bottom of it, like the remnants of a coconut almost, Mm -hmm. where someone has scraped the flesh out, and most of the skull appears to be empty.
4: Okay. How is Charles Vane in all of this? Is he excited about Brain?
0: As as the top of the head uh, falls off, uh, and the ponytail of the orc sort of drapes over the table, you see uh, Charles Vane leap onto the ground and sort of tug on the braid so that Mm -hmm. the top of the skull falls down onto the ground Mm -hmm. and it uh, begins to scoop at whatever it can get of Mm -hmm. the brain from Mm -hmm. the top of the skull.
4: Mm, So this is what you eat.
0: Mm -hmm. All right, well, I'm sorry there's not more. And you hear another mechanism operating deeper inside the chamber as a door opens and Mellifor walks Mm -hmm. into the room. Ugh! Finally, Zeke. I've been wanting to show you this all day. Take a look at this orc. (laughs) Do you see what's going on here with this orc? You're a medically trained person. Why don't you tell me what you think is going on here? Well, his brain seems to have been scooped out. Was that you? It wasn't even me. It came in like this. It came in like Mm this? This isn't the first one, and Mellifor heads over to an elf, a half-elf, uh, who has a similar circular cut patterned around their head, and she tugs it open. It's not quite done yeah. yet, so she snaps a scalpel into existence with a puff of shadow and slices the rest of the skull open, and you can see inside that it is also seems violently hollow. Cool. We had a couple of cases of these a couple of weeks ago, but what with Xanathar's efforts stepping up, I assumed it was just a... Uh, a ritual or something like that, but I don't think that's what it is, because these wounds are not I'm,
4: expert. So, just for clarification, someone is cutting these people open, taking their brains and putting them back together, or is the brain being taken out without the skull being opened? Well, it, does Malifor have to saw it open to see if the brain's missing? Seems that way. Yeah, So, so, so it's Feasible that the brain could somehow be taken out magically or something. Yes. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. A, a natural leap of logic. Yeah. I'm going to call mm-hmm. that.
0: I don't think this is really something we need to concern ourselves with, except. And she pulls one more curtain back. And beneath this one is a human. They have uh, long, fine hair and pale skin. And they're young and beautiful.
4: I mean, they only live like 10 years
0: <laughs> <laughs> What Sheety creatures, really. Uh, she, but uh, she pulls the curtain back on this human, and you see that they're wearing like fine silk tunic. And oh. they have a lot of rings on their fingers. Mellifor takes a small signet off of their lapel and presents it to you. This is Bolmander Bladesamer. He's one of the noble families here in Waterdeep. He went missing a couple of weeks ago. The city watch mounted a big to-do. He was seen somewhere around here, but as far as Tho is able to tell, he did not patronize the establishment. We might have been his, uh, alibi, if you will. <laughs> but, um, but a body like this, you could find great use for, I
3: think.
4: Oh, I think so too, Malifor. This is quite a find. Shall I, um... Keep these corpse off the books. Let's keep it that way for now, Mellifor. I
0: appreciate the discretion, Mm -hmm. as always. And she quickly covers up the uh, body again. (laughs) She also kicks Charles Vane away from the scalp and (laughs) reapplies it to the orc. As says, Filsi, Filsi animal, get out of here. No animals in my lab, Zeke.
4: All right, all right, all right.
0: Brayden, you hear a knock at your front door.
2: Ravensby, what are you doing? You have to answer the door when people are knocking upon it.
0: Right, I'm I'm elbow deep in this in this uh, Worcestershire sauce, sire. Oh my God! If you don't
2: have someone to open the door, then hire someone to open the door. But fine, I will go and open the door. So our guests
0: <laughs> are no longer waiting. Hello, welcome. You open the large wooden. And I always kind of pictured it hobbit shaped door to your vineyard. And at your front door, you see the tall, muscled form of Eustace Staggit. He is wearing a casual weekend jerkin uh, and holding a bottle of wine.
2: Eustace! Oh, you shouldn't have. I love your casual weekend jerkin.
0: Thank you, Stabiner. I brought you this wine. Uh, I figured if you don't drink it, then I can drink it without the assurance of my own death. <laughs>
2: wow, how thoughtful. Yes, of course. I will have Gravensby put it on the rocks. Uh, now, I must apologize. Usually my door would ominously open by itself and then slam shut after you walk in. But um, this time, you know, we're trying to keep it casual, so I figured I would comment let collect you myself. Why don't you come in? Come in. Let me see what, uh, let me see what, uh, what you brought me. Hmm. I will take a look. Is it good wine? Like, is it,
0: is it pretty good? It's, it's, it's from out of town. It's Luskin wine, uh, but it's not like particularly great. Um, but the label's nice.
2: Oh, yes. Look at this.
0: I brought, I brought, uh, a Sahuagen vintage, um, I don't know too much about wine,
5: it's when you pick it based
0: off the label, and it's actually really shitty.
2: Of course, impeccable <laughs> taste as always.
0: So, Stabiner, uh, where did you hide all the skeletons? Am I gonna open a door and see a bunch of decapitated heads roll out onto my shoes?
2: <laughs> oh, Houston, you would enjoy that, wouldn't you? But no, the skeletons are somewhere where you will never find them. Mm. Come in, come in. Why don't you, uh, why don't you meet uh, meet the
0: other people I have invited over for brunch? Uh, so you you usher you usher Braden Stabiner over towards uh, your little brunch area. You mean Hustis? So what, what did I say? Braden Stabiner. <laughs> I you know I did that in like half the documents also. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Take yourself by the arm and take a nice long stroll. Your names have the same tenor. I don't know.
2: Houston Staggett and Braden Stabiner.
0: <laughs> you take old Captain Staggett out into the brunch area of which you are. Let me do a DM voice. Of which you are hosting brunch. (laughs) So you're out in the Rose Palapa you have set up in Equinox Gardens. It's beautiful, thatched vine and uh, stained glass. There are two pitchers laid out, uh, or how many people are here? There are eight pitchers laid out. Half of them orange and half of them red. (laughs) Servants in dramatic black suits escort silver platters in and out, the heavy chains of their domestic order never swinging as they walk.
2: Can I be, like, sitting at the head of the table ominously like Darth Vader in Empire Strikes Back?
0: Uh, And you see a couple of figures around the table. There are two people in sharp black suits who have very immaculate haircuts. One of them is a very put-together human. You would describe him as a hotshot. Next to him, there is a human woman with angular, sharp hair. Both of them are sort of whispering to each other in uh, conspiratorial ways. For the purposes of this recording, they are Colt Kilroon. Who's gonna play Colt Kilroon? Hello! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and, uh, and the other one is called Kyra Bard. Hello. So.
2: <laughs> yes, uh, so everyone, this is Captain Houston Staggett. Uh, Captain Staggett, I would like you to meet, uh, the other guests who have arrived so far. This is, um, why don't you introduce yourselves with those cool names that immediately left my head. <laughs> but presumably you have written in front of you.
1: I'm called Killroon. And he, like, presents, like, his hand. But kinda like not a lot of weight in it. Like just presents his hand. Yeah. Like, Hello.
0: Hustis takes it full full big fist and he says, uh, Captain Hustis Stagett, pleasure to meet you, Mr. Kilroom.
1: Good to meet you, Captain. Fine day we're having today.
0: Yes, and this is <laughs>
2: and this is my other guest.
5: Kyra Bod, nice to meet you. And she just like nods her head and then all her hair goes. And your hair, like, does that cool flippy <laughs> thing. She just, like, nods
0: politely. Uh, a pleasure. And he returns the nod. And we see the healer that you have hired to, well, we'll see. We see a tall human in uh, sort of bushy robes, like a big white fur collar around them. Not quite weather appropriate for this morning. And he's lazing back in a chair, hands on the stem of a uh, mimosa glass. A pleasure to meet you. Uh, Mr. Captain Staggett, my name is Anthon. It's a pleasure to see you this morning. Mm. And he sort of leans back and tilts his sunglasses in hangover posture. <laughs> Last but not least, at the table is, uh, Bogatsavo Avianosets, your partial captive. Captain Staggett, uh, we have not had the pleasure, but I've been briefed on your identity by the Master Manor's Guild of the Dark World. uh, it's uh it's always a pleasure to meet someone involved in the inner workings of the city. Uh it's a it's a pleasure to meet you as well. Avianosets. Pretty staggett gives you a look, Brayden.
2: Yes, a familiar name to you I am sure. Soon all of Waterdeep will know the name Avianosets. Well, enough of these pleasantries. Shall we um shall we sit and uh, enjoy some of this fine bacon and Worse is their sauce that apparently is being prepared.
0: <laughs> of course. And so you all sit down to brunch, and courses are being brought out, and you can see that uh, there's some polite conversation around the table, but Snaggit seems distracted.
2: Oh, Captain, uh why don't you tell me what's um
0: what's on your mind? I just uh I don't I just don't see how you keep it going, Breeden you got this big business, this big reputation, this big appetite. And somehow everything just seems to work out for you, doesn't it?
2: Oh, yes, and I think you will find, Captain, that when you are a friend of Brayden, that things will work out fine for you as well.
0: Yes, I can see that. You have plenty of friends here around the table, and I assume that they are here to... Help us discuss exactly what happened last night. Oh,
2: the unpleasantness of last night, of course. I'm glad you mentioned it. That had weighed on my conscience somewhat. Um, you see, I have a new friend, uh, she's quite new in town, my dragon friend, um, uh, Blitz Avionosets. Um, I have great plans for her, and she's a person of great ambition who's, uh, whose potential I would not like to see squandered in the dungeons of Waterdeep for what was simply a mistake, and I hope that I can convince you by presenting you with some of the people who can attest to her good nature, and furthermore persuade you that, should any further unpleasantness occur, that she would be found quite innocent by any reasonable court.
0: So tell me, what is it about this blitz... That you find a spark in. I've never known you to take an interest in a young person.
2: Oh, have I not? Was there not perhaps a police inspector once upon a time who I shared showed just such an interest in? Hmm? <clears throat> Was there not a police inspector who perhaps I performed some favors for and piled around with? You know the one that I am thinking of, no? <clears throat> <clears throat> uh
0: <laughs> Be, th- the facts as they are is that your apprentice attacked not only me but several members of the city watch last night and, and <laughs> no matter what kind of history you and i might have greater we can't just let that slide it's illegal
2: well i think that you will find that you have a great amount of latitude available to you to decide what sorts of crimes and criminals you pursue and I think in this case, although it may be contrary to the letter of the law, to sneeze upon an officer, I think you will find that (laughs) such simple mistakes are the sorts of things that we can probably let go with perhaps a warning or perhaps some disciplinary action by her employer, such as me. But of course, of course, I see how from your perspective, it seemed like a vicious assault and I wanted to make it clear that that was not at all the case. Uh, you know, dragonborns and their breath weapons, they, uh. can be so tricky, uh. isn't that right, Bogustavo?
0: You know, I, um. stubbed my toe the other day. Damn near burned down Brayden's library. I'm so sorry about that, Brayden. Yes,
2: and, uh. I did not press any charges because I am a magnanimous man. And plus, I know that there is a, um. A, uh, I do not know the term, uh, there is some sort of a interference field around Waterdeep that just makes Dragonborns feel so ill and develop rashes and sneezes and all sorts of things. Um, in fact, uh, I was just speaking to my friend Enfand, uh, who is uh, feeling a little under the weather himself, I suspect. Uh, Enfand, uh, can you please uh, d- tell me a little more about, what What did you call it, the dragon sickness?
0: Yes, dragon sickness is a very serious condition these days. We should, we, it's, it drives them absolutely mad when they get into the walls of water deep. It is crazy that any of them are even walking around with what little control they have over their actions.
2: Yes, it's quite serious. And, uh, I, I know that you, uh, what was it? You, you treated, uh, my young ward, um, uh, you, prescribed
0: her something no uh yes she is on a powerful potion that should sedate all of her greater dragon impulses and he gives a big old smile
2: yes uh so you see inspector uh simply a manifestation of a uh a sickness uh which uh manifests itself here in in deep uh an affliction really for some of the less fortunate uh more dr- more draconic races and I, uh, I just don't think that it would be fair to, uh, hold them accountable for such a mistake.
0: Make a deception check. Okay,
2: I'm pretty sure I've been telling the truth, mostly.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Here.
2: Um, deception. Yeah, I have some of that. Let's see. Nope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not enough.
2: Oh, sorry, that was, a, that was a six, everyone. I rolled a six.
1: Oh, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Staggett looks at the cleric and then sort of trains his eye on you, Brayden. Like, this is it? This is what you got? Your physical symptoms of sight, there are, of course, witnesses to consider.
2: Yes, Uh. in fact, I know some. In fact, I am a witness. I saw the whole thing happen, and I am a man of some esteem in the community. I know a few judges myself. Uh, in fact, I uh, I even have a close personal relationship with your superior, although he apparently did not close enough for him to show up to brunch. <laughs> Just saying. I freaking invited
0: him. I don't know what else he has to do. Well, I see you've brought plenty of witnesses. And he looks over at you two, the professional witnesses. Yes! That
5: is my job, yes.
2: <laughs>
0: yes, per- I wish that I
2: had had them there on that night. Uh, I'm sure that they could... Uh, Perhaps they could back me up about this uh, this whole dragon sickness thing. Perhaps they've witnessed other cases where dragonborn have gotten off uh, with just a slap on the wrist for uh, issues related to their sickness. No? Yes, maybe? Don't all chime in at once. But do chime in, though.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, seen a number of cases in my day. Um, I have been around this kind of thing before. It's not something I'm unfamiliar with. Yes, so you would be correct in assuming that, Mrs. Sabina
1: actually know the people personally who put the wards up and it is very very bad for dragonborn it makes them do all sorts of crazy things their noses their eyes their
0: scales yes (laughs) okay uh i want one of you to make a uh (laughs) carlina do you want to make a deception check or janelle do you want to make a persuasion check Uh...
1: Um, Can we switch that because I have advantage on deception checks and she has advantage on persuasion checks?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true, but Kyra did lie and you did per- and you did God tell the truth. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: uh, I have 16 charisma. What do you have? Uh, 13.
0: Why don't you Why don't you both go? Right. Why don't you just <laughs> both go? Let's get everybody in on the yeah, game. All this rolls.
2: Yeah. Three,
1: three. I got a 13. I got a 15. We're going with Carlina. So, plus one, so she got 16.
0: Staggit nods and scratches his chin and sort of, like, looks down considerably, and he says, Hmm, I guess that could work. As long as the open lords don't find out that there's any chaos in the dock wards that the City Watch can't handle. It's, uh, it's a difficult time, and we don't need dragons running about.
2: Yes, of course, of course. Now, Tell me about these these troubles that you're having. I mean, I mean, let's be honest, just by being here you are doing a favor to me because I do appreciate your company so. But, let's be honest, you are doing me quite a favor by acting leniently in regard to my young ward and her indiscretions. So, perhaps there is something that I can do for you. Some way that I can assist you in this dark Ward problem that you have. I hear that Bad things are happening in the Dark Ward, so why don't
0: you tell me? Let me in. Let me help you, Hustus Ooh, good play. Things have always been bad at the Dark Ward, but the things that these people do they keep me up at night. Uh Braden stands up.
2: Hustus probably stands up.
0: <laughs> uh, God damn it <laughs> I love you. He just wants you
1: to be this character so bad.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stag Stagett stands up. Stagett stands up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and sort of uh wipes his wipes his mouth off with a cloth and and drops it on the table. braden I'll see you around. And he walks sort of walks off uh towards the vineyard.
2: Okay, don't forget what I said. Do you want Gravensby to box up some of the bacon or Worcestershire sauce for you? Am I most set to go?
0: Yes. <laughs> and Gravensby sort of like looks at Staggett as he's walking by and looks back at you and does like a shruggy, like what happened, motion. <laughs> I,
2: I give him a thumbs up.
0: He shrugs and he's like, thumbs up back, great. <laughs> <laughs> and as as Staggett. Gets to the, the very edge of your farm as the sun rises. He looks over his shoulder, sadly, and keeps walking. All
2: right. Well, sweet. Brunch accomplished.
0: This has been Abandoned Quest, a production of Sea Monsters Etc., featuring Mike Allen as Brayden Stabiner, Janelle Irene Lawson as Blitz Avianosets, Sarah Nagel as Zig, and Carlina Manzi as Misra Tistin. Character and album illustration by Jem, who you can find on Instagram at MadeFetish. We are happy to announce that Abandoned Quest is now on Patreon. Become a patron for exclusive content, such as Zoom recordings of our home games, AMAs with the cast and crew, hearing your name in the credits, and, coming soon, spin-offs, side quests, and limited series, some of which are in space. We're also in the process of setting up a world anvil where you can easily find lore, magic items, plot summaries, and a complete list of music and audio credits. At least eventually, I have a lot of copy and pasting to do. I also wanted to give a special shout out to a site I've been a patron of for months Tabletop Audio. They provide long, looping tracks of music and ambiance that really enhance your games, and they recently answered my request for Waterdeep at Night, which, for me, is going to be a lifesaver. Finally, consider donating to one of the charities below, or you can support diversity in the RPG community just by heading over to rpgcast.com and subscribing to a podcast from diverse creators. Additionally, the Dungeon Masters Guild has just released bundles containing a frankly astonishing amount of RPG materials, all benefiting Black Lives Matter, the National Police Accountability Project, and the NAACP Legal Defense Fund. These bundles contain everything from campaign settings to homebrew spells and items to maps and races and so much more, and they are not paying me to say this, I would just really suggest you do it. This has been your Dungeon Master, Donnie Knowles. Thank you again for your continued support. And from all of us at Abandoned
3: Quest, don't give up.